0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Rest of Season Rankings Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Seifter, and I am joined, as I always am, by my co-host, Bart Wheeler. Bart, how are you doing tonight?
1: I'm doing great, Andrew. Um, you know, we haven't talked on here since opening day, so we've got uh, a lot to catch up on. You know, my Orioles didn't look too uh, hot down there in Tampa, and um, I thought that your Red Sox might get swept, but they pulled one off. Uh, <laughs> There in uh, in New York. So um, and then you know it's funny. Like right now, I think Tampa's getting shelled by <laughs> by the A's. And then Baltimore finally got a win and got off the Schneid today against the Brewers in a day game. So it's baseball for you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. And uh, yeah, I've been keeping eye on all these young guys in my keeper league, and they're off to some slow starts. Jared Kelnick, yeah. Alex Kirillov Spencer Torkelson. It's been a little rough so far, but uh, my veteran guys have been. Getting the job done so far. Uh, Verlander uh, looking looking good in that first start, and uh, guys like uh, Francisco Lindor, Kyle Tucker coming through for me. So things things are going all right so far. Uh, But you (laughs) know, honestly, I'm I'm up in Boston this week, uh, and I was uh, meeting a friend to go to the hockey national championship game, college hockey uh unfortunately my wolverines lost in the semi-finals so that was mm. a little bit sad uh, i had to watch two teams i don't really care about duke it out but it's still fun to be at a, a national championship game you know denver university of denver ended up beating minnesota state have you ever seen the final game of a sports season
1: <laughs> the fu- like the actual final game
0: like in person yeah
1: i don't I don't think so. I mean, I've obviously seen like a team's final game, but maybe not. Yeah, maybe not the final, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, usually you've got to be going to like the World Series or the Super Bowl <laughs> yeah. or the NBA Finals or something. So it can be a, a pricey ticket. To, and uh, even then I, I did. This is my second. I believe I saw the Golden State Warriors win the championship against the Ca- the Cavaliers uh, in oh, Cleveland. Nice. So that was kind of uh one I was also sort of bummed about, but it's a little anticlimactic when there's like a championship and it's not what you're hoping for.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, uh, you were talking about some of your players and it got me thinking about our bold predictions podcast and how we were texting about Robert Suarez, who <laughs> was my guy who was like going to be a, a, you know, maybe a top five closer. And I laid out all the reasons and then he got, he would just had a disastrous start. And of course the, uh, the Padres traded for Rogers and he's going to be the closer Taylor Rogers. Yeah. You know. Well, you
0: know, I like freaked out when that was happening. Cause I was yeah. just like, is Taylor Rogers going to pitch in, in, in as a setup man now for right. San Diego ended up being the opposite. He's now much more locked in there than he ever would have yeah. been able to be in Minnesota. Cause the, you know, Rocco Baldelli is, he comes from the, the Tampa Bay Rays mm-hmm. school of managing. And you know, even with Rogers being clearly his best reliever, it wasn't, necessarily going to be a situation where he would get every single save there but it does look like that will pretty much be the case uh with the Padres so that I, yeah you know he could easily be a top five closer now Taylor Rupp. yeah I just said the wrong guy <laughs> <laughs> it happens it happens not yeah that, these predictions are bold for a reason
1: <laughs> that's right and uh I know we might be talking about guys later in this episode who you might be able to drop uh for some other guys who you can pick up that is more more interesting to talk about here with the the waiver wire show
0: Yes, that's a good segue. We this is our waiver wire show, first waiver wire uh, episode of the 2022 season. So I'm pretty pumped for that. Uh, I write the waiver wire article this season over at Fantasy Pros, so we're going to use that as sort of a jumping off point uh, for our discussion. But there'll certainly be a lot of players we'll talk about today that aren't in that article as well. Uh, but why don't we get started with the four guys that I sort of pulled out as the top? waiver wire targets, uh, for this week. Uh, and I, I have to start with CJ Abrams. Um, you know, since I wrote the article, he's been on the bench again against the lefty. It really does look like he is going to be a platoon player with, uh, Ha Sung Kim, uh, to begin the season, but that doesn't really dampen my enthusiasm too much for adding CJ Abrams, just because the upside here is, just so immense uh that you know if you play in a weekly lineup league i could certainly see uh keeping him on your bench stashing him rather than putting him in your starting lineup i'd recommend that in fact uh in a daily lineup league you can still get him in there when he's playing but uh you know i expect this guy to immediately be an impact in terms of base stealing um and that's kind of the big thing there because uh he, you know, he stole 28 bases last year in only 76 minor league games. Uh, so I feel like that's something that can help him provide immediate value. And then you, you know, the upside is there for bat skills, batting average power, probably still developing at this point, but, uh, he's just a player I want to have on my roster to see what happens.
1: Yeah. And like, I mean, he was, the, he was the number six overall pick in 2019. So like you said, power, power, probably still developing, but to get those that stolen base potential is huge. I remember listening to one of the CBS podcasts. One of their bold predictions was that he would lead the National League in steals. So they obviously were thinking high of him. And you're right about the platoon. I'm, I'm looking at the lineup for uh, this game tonight against uh, the Giants and facing Alex Wood. So he's on he's on the bench tonight as well. So, but yeah, it's it's a long season. So you know, don't lose hope. These are the, these are the types of guys that you want to get on your roster and stash uh, to, for that upside and and to see what happens.
0: Yeah. And it just so happens they face lefties in three of their first five games, but certainly over right. the course <laughs> of the season, they'll be facing more righties than lefties. So he's at least on the right side of that platoon. Um,
1: yep. And injuries will happen, you know, so
0: exactly. These things have a way <laughs> of working themselves out. Um, yep. But I just think, especially early in the season, like guys that have like elite upside are that you want to have them on your roster. You, It's always better to be too early than too late on a breakout and, uh, there's there's gonna be in a ten or twelve team league, standard fantasy league that most people play in, there's going to be some backup kind of replaceable kind of players on the waiver wire that you can add and give you production if, you know, CJ Abrams ends up struggling and getting sent back down to the minors or something. Like that's not gonna kill your season, uh, you know, as long as you're not spending like a hundred percent of your fab budget or something on him.
1: Yeah, what's what's interesting is I'm looking at Yahoo right now and he's the most dropped shortstop. <laughs> and so people are already like, oh, he's not, he's not doing it for me. He's not going to play every day. And so you can, you can get him. His roster percentage, I'm looking at, is 21. percent And I think when you wrote the article, it was up near 40. So uh, it's, it's actually, a th- it's
0: a 36 percent actually. Um, that 21 percent is the percent that are starting. Oh, that they're so, starting. Sorry. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. I was looking at the wrong thing. Okay. <laughs> but it, but it, so it's only dropped a little bit.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But your point is taken, though. I mean, people have really. Yeah. Uh, little patience at this time this mm-hmm. in the year and honestly you know we're we're going to limit our discussion today mo- for the most part to players that are rostered in fifty percent or fewer of uh, Yahoo leagues but uh, the truth is that some of the best pickups could be guys who are rostered in much more in many more leagues than that but people get frustrated because they're off to an O for ten or O for twelve start and they pull the mm-hmm. plug and so sometimes the best pickups are guys that were drafted. Uh, in the middle rounds of your fantasy draft. And then people just don't have the patience.
1: Yeah. And just, just real quick, before we kind of get into some other guys, I think I, these are the weeks too. I mean, obviously there's, there's overreaction. Uh, people are going to overreact a lot here in the first month in April, but I also think you really need to be kind of aggressive here in these first couple of weeks, maybe not the first week, but the second week, you know, don't wait too long because just like in fantasy football, where you see a guy go off in the first or second week, like, you know football's a much shorter season but for baseball i just wouldn't wait too long on some of these guys and especially as we talk about some some closers and, and guys who look like they're solidified and in, in a role i think you got to jump on them if if we think that they're they're in that role
0: mm-hmm. yeah well that was something i that was sort of what i led my article with at fantasy pros because there's you need to strike the right balance because you like i totally agree with you um but I think what you're looking for is, yeah, closers. That makes sense because it's like a definitive change in opportunity. You know, mm-hmm. um, rookies these these young guys that have all the talent in the world. You want to see if it clicks for them because if it does, we've seen guys, you know, like like the guy that uh, <laughs> C.J. Abrams is stepping in for Fernando Tatis Jr. You've right. seen these guys step in and become incredible players right away. You've also seen the Jared Kalnick story where. They struggle, Uh, so that's definitely possible with all these rookies. But uh, it's it's worth taking a chance on that upside, you know. Um, Same thing with past stars who are coming back from an injury, guys who are you know pitchers who are showing better velocity or new pitch uh, that they that they're getting effective results from, hitters who are showing better plate plate discipline than they have in the past, uh, or you know have changed their stance in some way. We're looking for like actionable things not just like a hot streak you know um mm-hmm. like some guys just are what they are some of these veteran players and just because they got off to a hot streak it doesn't you shouldn't like dramatically change how you view them so that's that's where you need to be careful and it's the same thing with the guys already on your roster like You know, you did all this research to draft your team. (laughs) You spent all that time evaluating these players, and you decided these were guys you like. So you shouldn't give up on a guy after three or four games just because they get off to a slow start. You know, it's different if they get hurt or their playing time disappears or uh, their pitcher who is showing reduced velocity or, you know, they they just don't look fully healthy, you know. So in those cases, it's okay. But really – I'm looking to drop guys who are replaceable. That's what I'm looking to drop. I mean, I'm trying to add players who are not replaceable. That's kind of the overriding philosophy I have at this time of year.
1: Yeah, and uh, you know, just to maybe we can move on to another guy uh, in your top four there, uh, Tyler McGill, because he's a guy who has seen an increase in in his velocity. And uh, you know, you mentioned in your article that maybe he's been a little bit unlucky like last year with giving up the long ball. And if you look at his minor league track record, he was. Really good in that in that category, and you know this is only his this is only his second year in the league. He's still uh, you know just 26 years old, and so he's a guy who had a great first start. And I think with starting pitchers, especially young guys like like him, I think you kind of have to to jump on it and and see what he can do in his next start. Um, versus maybe a guy like a Kyle Gibson who might also be on on our list here, but I'm a little less likely to to jump on a Kyle Gibson after a good start because I'm kind of like. Yeah, I don't know, <laughs> we've seen what he can do,
0: <laughs> yeah, or what he can't do more like, yeah, I mean, exactly, t- like Kyle Gibson he is a the definition of a streamer, you know, it, when mm-hmm. he's pitching against Oakland or something, sure <laughs> give give him take him for a run, but you mm-hmm. don't want you're not gonna want to commit a roster spot to him long term, right. whereas Tyler McGill absolutely I mean there's the signs that a breakout could certainly happen with him mm-hmm. um. Interestingly, his fastball is up like one and a half miles per hour, but his changeup is up like four and a half miles per hour. So uh, that will be interesting to see. I mean you don't <laughs> you don't want your fastball and changeup to be too similar in speed, but right. I think there's still quite enough difference between those two pitches for him uh, to have plenty of success overall. If he's throwing both of them harder, I think that's a good that's a very uh, good thing. So yeah, he would definitely be the first pitcher that I would look to add. Uh, certainly the first starting pitcher that I would look to add. Um, you know he's gonna get to have his fair share of games. Uh, I, this game was uh, against the uh, the Nationals, but he's gonna get to have his fair share of starts against the Nationals and the Marlins. Um, so yeah. you know th- there should be some favorable opportunities uh, for him. And yeah, I just I like the pitcher and I like the opportunity um, for him to kind of take it and run with it.
1: Yeah, now he's uh he's rostered in 57% of uh Yahoo leagues. Now I'm looking at the correct column here. And uh so he's people are people are adding him, but he's still available in quite a few, you know, quite a few leagues depending on if you're in a 10 or 12 team league. Uh if you're any deeper than that, you're not getting him, but yeah, he's still he's still pretty widely available. And then yeah. like I just mentioned Kyle Gibson, he's uh 44% rostered, so uh, that that gap is pretty pretty close, and I don't really think it should be, but it is. So yeah, although kind of McGill the was area. at
0: forty seven percent when I wrote the article yesterday, so he's people are yeah. adding him quickly. So, they are so get in yep. there and get him on your roster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, although you know, honestly, if I had to pick one guy for this week that I feel the most confident being uh, a value, a, a player you can use all season long, I would actually go with Alejandro Kirk, uh, the catcher for the Blue Jays. Uh, I was very high on him coming into the season. I had him as a top six fantasy catcher ahead of bigger names like Wilson Contreras and uh, Yasmani Grandal. Uh, mm-hmm. And now I feel even more confident about it. Um, Danny Jansen uh, has actually he actually has hit pretty well himself in the early going, but now he's on the injured list. Uh, but more importantly, the Randall Grichick trade was the real key here because that's what opened up regular playing time for Kirk. I mean, Kirk is a bat-first catcher. Um, he can catch, he can get the job done, but he's not ever going to be mistaken for uh, a gold glover or anything like that. So the fact that those DH at-bats were wide open for him, um, he's a better hitter than Ramel Tapia, and I always felt like he was going to end up in the lineup more often than than Tapia would, and that's certainly been the case so far. He's already had a couple starts at DH, And now he's going to get more starts at catcher as well. So this is a guy who hit um, eight home runs last year and only 189 plate appearances. Uh, So I think we're going to see that number at least double. Uh, I I would say he's a pretty good bet to get to 20 home runs, if not more. Uh, And then what I really like about him, and this is pretty rare for catchers, is he has great plate discipline. Uh, he actually walked almost as often as he struck out last year and his 11.6 percent strikeout rate was the second best among all catchers who had at least 150 played appearances. so uh, I you know he hit 242 last year, but I feel like that's kind of on the low end of what he can do and it's one of those things where if he does have some good Babbitt luck like I could absolutely see him hit 280 or even better than that. so this is a very intriguing uh, player to get on your roster in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I'm not surprised he's he's your top guy because, like you said, you were really high on him in the preseason. Um, but yeah, he's he's in a he's in a great lineup. He's been batting sixth, uh, you know, sandwiched in between like uh, Lourdes Guriel and Matt Chapman. So you know, you're in a you're in a great lineup, and he's gonna he's gonna get a lot of at bats with the DH. Um, so I don't I don't have a, a whole lot to add with Alejandro Kirk. I was going to talk about the next guy on your list. Yeah, I, you know, like just a, the one
0: other thing I want to say about Kirk is the bar is extremely low for him to be valuable because it's catcher, right? So true. there are a lot of people in your league. I mean, if you play in a 12-team league, there's some people starting some pretty mediocre catchers, you know? So oh, yeah. this guy could be an upgrade for a lot of teams in your league immediately, and that's something that you don't find on the waiver wire that often.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, his roster percentage is uh, 40%, um, but the, people are people are adding Gary Sanchez, uh, well ahead of him, he's 57 percent um, more. You know, other guys with more ads, uh, Francisco Mejia, uh, who's who's off to a, a decent start. But yeah, it, like Joey Bart is kind of up there. But there's just kind of like mediocre guys, like you said, at the catcher position. He doesn't even have to be that great to be like a top. Definitely not like a top ten uh, catcher.
0: Yeah, I mean, I like Francisco Mejia too. But the question is how often he's going to play. You know, he's already. Mm-hmm sat two of their first four games. So <laughs> I don't think yeah. he's anywhere close to an everyday player. Uh, I think Kirk is – I mean, they're similar in that they're, they're both catchers who have great hit tools, but I just think Kirk is much more likely to see regular playing time, and, of course, it's a better lineup.
1: Yeah. So the, the next guy I was going to mention on your list was, you know, talking about closers, and Anthony Bender uh, for, for the Miami Marlins, you know, he's about 50% rostered. He's right in that that zone. And uh, Don Mattingly basically said he's like the go-to guy, and you know he came in and, and blew a save, but then Mattingly went right back to him and he got the save. So he looks like he looks like he's been just plugging him in in that closer role. And Dylan Floro is on the IL, and um, they traded for Cole Sulzer, um, but they you know they've got a mixture of guys there. But Bender appears to be the best, the best one. I mean, I think of the bunch, maybe Sulzer's got a little, a little bit of. Skill as well, but um, I think if they traded for him, we maybe would have seen him right away, maybe even plugged into that role. So Bender appears to be the guy. The Marlins have a good staff. I think they're going to be in some close games. He he won't, you know, they're not going to win ninety to hundred games like some of these uh, some other teams that we expect to. But I think they're going to be in some close games, and I think Bender's you know a guy who could get a lot of saves this year.
0: Yeah, I mean he had great numbers last year: uh, two seventy nine ERA, one oh six WHIP. 10.42 K per nine in 61 and a third innings. And to me, the most important thing is that Don Mattingly showed his hand. He said, this is the guy, you know. Uh, there are just not that many managers in, in today's game who are even going to entertain the idea of having a, a, a single guy in the ninth inning. So the fact that Mattingly not only is entertaining the idea, but he's come out and said it um, is really valuable. And I know you never want your closer to blow a save, but in a way that was oddly like reassuring that he – Blew a save, and then Mattingly still went back to him again for the next game, and he got the save that time. So it shows that he has some confidence in him, and he's not going to pull the plug on him just based on one blown save. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I think the the door's wide open for for Bender. Uh, You know, Dylan Floro is not a special pitcher; he's not a guy with prototypical dominant closer stuff or anything like that. He's just kind of had a middling career. So I don't really see him as the kind of player that's like it's not like craig kimbrell or something where they come in and you're like okay well they have to have the closer job kenley jansen you know it's not that Mm -hmm. kind of a guy at all of course so um that that to me says that uh bender can absolutely lock down this job if he's just doesn't blow any more saves i would i wouldn't recommend blowing (laughs) another one coming up but um he certainly has the opportunity to lock it down and and i agree with what you said earlier like closers are one situation where one one area where you're going to see uh, some guys that could have a lot of value over the course of the season right here at the beginning because it all really came down in the, sp- in the spring to like beat reporters like how much were they mm-hmm. investigating this <laughs> Were there where their reports on this were they actually asking the managers in press conferences uh, who their closer is or, or are they going to have a closer because some of that some teams you just never had those questions asked so we really had nothing to go on until the actual games, and the actions speak louder than words.
1: Yeah, and, and another closer role to, that people probably jumped right on it was in Cincinnati with Tony Santillan, because he got the first crack at it. And I know he was in your, your article as well. He was about 30% uh, rostered, and he got the first save. And now his rostership, is uh, it's moved up. But he's also like among some of the most dropped relievers because Art Warren got the second ch- uh, save chance. So that that's looking way more like a committee... And in fact, I think Art Warren probably is more so the guy, because Santián, the way he kind of came in, um, I think there were, I think someone was warming up in the bullpen, and he kind of got the shot a little bit ahead. And so it, it, Art Warren kind of came in in a situation more of like, okay, it's the ninth, we're bringing in the closer. So I think you might even see more people dropping Santián, and Art Warren might be the guy there for a while while um, Lucas Sims is on the on the I.L.
0: We'll see. I don't think either of them are the guy, uh, but I- <laughs> I think they should both be rostered uh, because they're both good pitchers. That's the thing for me. Uh, you know, if it's going to be a committee, I don't mind rostering a guy that's part of a committee if mm-hmm. they're going to give me good strikeouts, they're going to give me good ERA and whip help. That To me, that's worth rostering in most formats. Um, you know, you, you, and and by the way, you know, these relievers, when they're not getting saves, they can still get wins. So, uh True. So pitching, you know, having a piece of that closer committee uh, can still be worth rostering. So I I stand by picking up Santee, and I would absolutely pick up Art Warren as well. To me, it's kind of a coin flip between the two of them. And then we'll have to watch with Lucas Sims. He sounds like he's pretty close to coming back. Um, But I sort of see Lucas Sims, he's probably better than Dylan Floro, but he's also, again, not... A guy that's going to demand automatically getting the closer role the minute he sets foot in the in the uh, dugout or in the in the right. uh, bullpen, you know. So um, there's a lot of ways that could go. I, I I like these relievers who have the skills to be good um, and have a chance at the closer job. Like uh, they're the kind of players I would want to roster and just kind of see how it plays out.
1: Yeah, and I, I just wanted to make one more note on a guy who didn't make your cut because he was too uh, too too uh, rostered was uh, Dave Robertson for the Cubs, so he's 67% rostered, but just wanted to make sure people you know, got that name as well, in case he happens to be available in your league, uh, because he got the first crack at the closers role. He's a little bit older, but he seems to be at least well solidified in that role for now, and we've seen him, you know, put up 30 to 35, let's see, he even had 39 saves for the Yankees way back in 2014. We just haven't seen him do it uh, really since about 2017, but he he could be in the closer role. He's dealt with some injuries, so maybe he's back and healthy.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's when I'm kicking myself on a little bit just because I drafted Rowan Wick and yeah, you know, he finished last season as their closer, but Robertson does have the uh closer experience, the long the long track record veteran reliever. I mean, even when he wasn't closing, he was a very good setup man for a long time as well. So, yeah. Uh, but you have it, some more in you hindsight, have some more interesting not so guys. Surprising.
1: You have some more interesting guys, kind of higher up your your list in your article. Um, Some outfielders. So maybe you have out of your priority pickups uh, section of like kind of in the forty percent roster. Who's your who's your favorite? Who's your favorite there?
0: Well, my favorite guy right now, I would say, is is Andrew Vaughn (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, because he's off to a fantastic start this season. And you know, I was talking earlier about the struggles of Kelnick and Kirilov and Torkelson uh Vaughn is one guy I mean he got more more playing time last season than any of those guys uh and the results were kind of uninspiring but so far this year uh he's hitting 400 two homers six RBIs already in three games and uh the playing time it just seems like it's trending uh in the right direction there um for him to uh be in the lineup as the DH uh most of the time so um i'm i'm very intrigued by andrew vaughn um you know i i think you could also make a case for uh tommy Pham, who's a guy that i uh have always loved i've always felt like he's very underrated in fantasy especially in like roto categories leagues um you know he's 34 years old right now but i still feel like he has 2020 potential and he's obviously in a great hitting environment there in cincinnati and he's been hitting third in the lineup too which is intriguing uh so mm-hmm. I, I like those two guys and then Akil Badu I have to mention as well I mean he's now I think 0 for 9 on the season <laughs> but uh this is the guy who hit 13 homers and stole 18 bases in just 124 games last year as a 22 year old rookie so um it wouldn't be surprising at all for him to take a step forward this year uh, the Austin Meadows trade didn't help him so much because it did push him down to the bottom third of the lineup where his he looked like he was gonna be batting second um coming into the year. But he's still I mean, it's a good lineup top to bottom. I mean, Torkelson's hitting eighth in this lineup, you know. So uh I think he the run production numbers should be pretty decent and he's he's another guy that's got twenty twenty potential.
1: Yeah, uh one guy who didn't make your list but who's been just raking is Stephen Kwan of mm-hmm. the Guardian. So I'm sure if you were to write your article tonight, you'd probably have him with those guys as well. Maybe I don't know what, if he has a whole lot of power upside, but I mean he's he's looking like a guy who could hit for average. Of course, he could just be on a nice little streak here, but he's he has uh, he has nine hits in his first four games, and he hit a triple today, and you know had three RBIs. He's he's scored six runs. He's he's had uh, let's see, he's had five walks in his first four games, so he is just doing damage at the plate, um, and he's batting second. Uh, for the for the for the uh, I almost said Indians, but for the Guardians, I'll just be doing that all year.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, Quan's an interesting player. Um, I, I mean, I, he's obviously not going to hit eight hundred or anything like that, but <laughs> uh, his his bat skills are are legitimate. I mean, this is a guy that can hit for a high batting average. I mean, uh, his hit tool is was uh, as a prospect was rated very highly. Um, but you know. There's not a lot of power, uh, and there's probably not that much speed either. I mean, he did steal 11 bases back in 2019 in high A, ball in 123 games. But I, I think if you get five steals, maybe 10 at most, you'd be, right. you know, that's kind of what you're looking at. And I don't really see 20-plus home run power from him, so uh he's... I like him better in a points league because um, he draws a mm-hmm. lot of walks too. I mean, he's just a very – he's got a great approach. And I think he's a player that's better in real life than fantasy also. Um, so it's a good – its a if I was – you know, as a Guardians fan, it's exciting. Um, as a fantasy manager, I'm not quite as excited. I mean, I i think that uh, guys like Pham and Badu just have skill sets that translate better to fantasy uh, than Quan does.
1: Yep. Well, I just wanted to point him out because he's, uh, he's the most added. Um, when I was looking at outfielders, um, he's now up to 39% rostered in Yahoo League. So mm-hmm. people are at least paying attention to this this nice little start that he, that he's having. So if you're the type of well, person who pays a lot of attention and you, know, you like to pick up guys, I mean, if you have unlimited transactions, a league that I'm in, we actually have uh, so many that you can do for the entire season so that people can't just add and drop pitchers all year. But if you're in a league where you can just add and drop as you want, like on a daily basis or even weekly, I don't mind riding a, a hitting streak. See where, see where this goes.
0: <laughs> I was going to say the same thing. Yeah, I think that's totally a legitimate uh, way to go. I mean, it's kind of like the, the hitting equivalent of streaming. You know? Yeah, sure. Uh, so, yeah, I, yeah I, I don't have a problem with that strategy. I just The only thing I would say about that is you have to decide what the opportunity cost is because uh, if you're – not able to stash a guy like CJ Abrams because you want to ride yeah Quan's uh, hot streak that that could really come back to bite you at some point you know
1: yeah agreed but like I'm you know looking at guys who are like being being dropped uh you know there's there's a lot of guys out there who kind of are I don't know if you if you want to drop like I don't know' there's some names out here who are kind of lower like uh we talked about like Austin Hayes and like some people like uh well Michael Conforto who doesn't even even have a team yet but I don't know. You may want to hang on to a Conforto for a little while and see if someone signs him, but he's, I think he's still not healthy, but yeah, it's, it's kind of all about your, how you want to uh, construct your roster and how many, how deep is your bench and all that good stuff.
0: Um, Yeah. I mean, if it's a guy who has like clear flaws, like a Patrick wisdom or something like that, you know, those guys are always going to be replaceable. So yeah, go ahead, ride the hot streak. Yeah. yeah, By all means.
1: Um, Well, where do you want to go next um, on your list? Well,
0: well, you know, the guy that Kwan <laughs> kind of reminds me of was also, this guy was on my list, and that's Jeff McNeil. Mm-hmm. You know, he, I think Quan might have a pretty similar career to Jeff McNeil. So how do you feel about that? You know, is that somebody that excites you in fantasy? Uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> because, I, yeah. I mean, he he hit over 300, I, he he was, he hit over 310 three years in a row yeah. before last season. Uh, so he's one of the best batting average guys in all of, the game mm-hmm. and he's off to a super hot start this season as well. So yeah. you can ride the hot streak with him just like you can with Kwan, but I think it's the same situation where ultimately like you're not going to get a lot of power. Yeah. You're not going to get a lot of speed. Uh but he does have that second base eligibility. So that that's a nice little plus too.
1: Well let me tell you, that's exactly what I did. Um I actually in my my draft I didn't draft a second baseman because that's just kind of how the draft fell and some of the good ones just went. And then at some point I'm just like, I'll, I'll get Colton Wong or some, someone late who I kind of like. And then ultimately I just was like, Oh, I kind of still want this guy and that guy. And I was like, let me take a guy who I can stash on the IL. And then I just didn't draft one. And then um, the way we did our draft so late, the way waivers hit, I actually couldn't pick someone up until after opening day. And then I was like, "Well, oh, I'll pick Jeff McNeil up." And yeah, so I, I picked him up. He's he's kind of boring, but yeah, someone who's who might bet three hundred, and he won't. I don't think he'll be a a zero in the stolen base category. So yeah, I mean, I like Jeff McNeil.
0: Yeah, and the, like as far as second base, I mean, it's just <laughs> it can be a barren wasteland at times. So yeah. uh, you know, I feel like his stats can play better there than just about anywhere else. Yep, except maybe catcher, of course. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And then, you know, other guys, uh, there's, there's some very interesting young starting pitchers, um, mm-hmm. and, and a few veterans as well. Um, so, you know, as far as the young guys, I mentioned Matt Brash, uh, in my article, um, you know, he really dominated hitters in high A and double A last season. And he also looked fantastic this spring. Uh, and he's earned a spot in the Mariners rotation. It's a good, good park, good home park to pitch in. Um, you know, he posted a K per nine over 13 and a sub 250 ERA uh, in the minors. So that's pretty exciting. But he can be pretty wild, uh, walk a lot of batters. So that's kind of the one warning sign with him. In that sense, he's sort of similar to another guy who I didn't mention in the article, but I would be very intrigued by, and that's Hunter Green, uh, who we talked about um, in the starting pitcher preview. Uh, I saw a pretty crazy stat about Hunter Green Uh sarah langs the mlb reporter tweeted out that uh there have only been three pitchers who have thrown a hundred miles per hour or greater uh 20 times in a game uh (laughs) since that's been tracked um (laughs) Uh, in the last five years, I should say, okay. um, and those those five those three guys are Jacob Degrom, Sandy Alcantara, and Hunter Green. <laughs> so, this guy throws some serious gas. <laughs> yep.
1: Well, man, people will people will track a stat for anything, won't they? It's just funny, but that's a I mean that's a good one. Yeah, dude, dude can bring it. That's an interesting one. Another another uh, another guy. Like I don't think he was on your list, but uh, and he's actually pitching right now while we're talking. Is Spencer Strider for the Braves. Mm-hmm. And now he's not a starter, um, but like with the Braves. Or a closer. Yeah, or yeah. a closer. So, but he's, he's the kind of guy like, he, he came in and, and just dominated uh, against the Reds and threw two perfect innings, had five strikeouts. Uh, I I forget, like, I mean, I heard, I was listening to someone talk about like his performance and it was just pretty much flawless. And he's in right now. He's, he's gone three innings, uh, you know, hasn't given up a run. He's got three strikeouts. And so he's, you know, he's a guy that I don't know, maybe he'll get maybe he'll get a chance in the rotation if a guy like Inoa, You know uh, or someone, you know, kind of falters. Ian Anderson, I think didn't look great the other night, so not saying that he'll be just dropped out of the rotation, but maybe they go with six and he gets his you know, maybe they lengthen him out a bit and give him a chance to get in the rotation at some point and he looks like a guy who might just be able to help your ratios and get you some strikeouts along the way as well.
0: Yeah, or you know, maybe he's maybe he picks up some wins, you know, yeah. I mean, every year we talk about it. There's these non closing relievers who end up ranked pretty highly. They at get the 10 end of the season. wins. Or They're definitely top 100 players, maybe even top 80, top 60 kind of guys, you know? So, yeah. um, you know, he could, he could easily be one of those. I just, yeah, the, the path to closing is extremely blocked in Atlanta. <laughs> yeah, so for sure, that's kind of, that's kind of the problem. Cause they have not, not one, but two, guys who could easily get the job done with and be successful uh big names as as uh closers go so um so you just yeah you have to take him you know i like i i mentioned before i play in a lot of leagues with innings caps and k per nine is really important so i i'm thinking about picking him up (laughs) myself (laughs) because that that like you know a guy who throws like 60 innings and strikes out 95 guys or something Mm -hmm. like that i mean that can help you win that category.
1: Yep, but a guy, uh, you know, staying in Atlanta real quick. A guy who is in the rotation and had a great first start was Kyle Wright. So mm-hmm. he's 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 a young pitcher as well. He's now up to twenty nine percent rostered, and he's the most the most added on Yahoo right now among all pitchers. So he threw six uh, scoreless innings and uh, got the win. Had six strikeouts, and he he throws again. Uh, let's see on the fifteenth. So in a few days in San Diego. So these are the kind These are the types of guys where. His roster percentage is low enough that you might be able to see what he can do for another start, but I don't know. Why not just go ahead and pick him up? Um, he had such a good first start, and the Braves are a really good team. You know, might win 100 games, so maybe get a piece of that rotation if he's available on your waiver wire.
0: Yeah, I could see it. He's not, like, I look at his minor league numbers, and I'm not blown away, um, and, I'm, you know, he hasn't really had much success in his brief major league career either. Um, not a big strikeout guy, uh, and his walk rate has been very high at times. I mean, uh, in 2019 and 2020, when he came up with the Braves, he walked a, a, a lot of guys. And, uh, even in that first mm-hmm. start this time, he walks were a, a big problem. Um, uh, or I'm sorry, not, not this time in 2021, they were a big problem in his, in his one start. He got there this time. He only walked one guy. Yeah. So that's good to see. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I, I mean, it's one start, you know, so yeah. I could see picking him up just because of that. Like you said the Braves have a very good track record with starting pitchers, but he wouldn't really be my top my top add. I would rather add one of these young guys like Brash or Hunter Green or my favorite of the three which is Nick Ladola just cuz he has really great uh uh accuracy, uh, control. Not you know, he he really limits walks. Um, so he's probably my favorite of those young guys to add. Um, and then I think there's like a couple older guys that you should look at too. Like one guy I feel like is really under rostered, uh, is Carlos Carrasco. I think he, he needs to be much more widely rostered than he is. Um, he's had uh, a couple down years recently, but, um, he's, he's a really good pitcher. I mean, it's really just been about health with him, you know. and as recently as 2020, he had a 2.91 ERA uh, in that in that COVID-shortened year. So things didn't go well last year, but he only threw 53 and two-thirds innings. So I I, I wouldn't over <laughs> overanalyze that. He looked really good in his first start this season, uh, and he has another uh, another good start coming up this week. So I kind of feel like it's one of those situations where you can just ride him. F- in the, po- in the good matchups and mm-hmm. just kind of see where it goes. I mean, he gets Arizona at home yeah. on the 16th, so that's a really nice spot. Uh, then after that, he'll be at home against San Francisco, uh, which is not something you should necessarily fear, even though that team seems to always put up a lot of runs somehow. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, Carrasco's a guy I would definitely roster. And then a guy, another guy to look at, I think, is Corey Kluber. Uh, he also had a, a very nice first start. Uh, granted it was against baltimore but um he's he's another guy who used to be a a complete stud so it wouldn't be shocking if he could kind of regain his form
1: yeah i will wanted to go back and make a quick point on kyle wright versus you were talking about lodolo and we had already mentioned hunter green i'll just say too like kyle wright was the former number five pick in the 2017 draft so he's got that pedigree of a first round pick and to be playing for the braves i just think you know, the Reds, I don't see the Reds winning that many games this year. Now, granted, if if you're a starting pitcher and you can just mow guys down, <laughs> you'll be fine. And maybe you don't win a lot of games, but you you still do all right. But I don't know. I, I, maybe I'm overreacting to just one start. Um, but I'd be, it'll be interesting to see, come the end of April, you know, who's who's looking better. Uh, you know, Kyle Wright or, or the, Reds, the Reds pitchers. Because I think getting a guy for the Braves has a little bit of value, too.
0: I guess so. I don't really chase wins you know Uh, I the the difference on win potential on a guy on the Braves or the Reds is not it's going to be marginal there's so much noise in that stat I mean it what you want what I value more for wins is guys that work deep into games so we'll have to see about that with all these guys but I don't know I just go back to right I just look at his minor league track record and yeah he was a high draft pick so he had that pedigree but I mean, he's rarely struck out more than a batter per inning um, in, his, in his career. And when it has been a batter per inning, it's just barely been that. And mm-hmm. his walk rate has been pretty high, too. So you know how I feel about strikeout-to-walk ratio. That's kind of like my gold standard for pitchers. And he just doesn't rate that high there. So, um, and, you know, he's considered the 12th best prospect. Uh, it, he was considered the 12th best prospect in their uh, farm system by the time he got the call in 2020. Um, so I just i don't know i don't really see it but um like you said it doesn't hurt to just get them on your roster it's a team that has a proven track record and you can kind of just see where it goes because uh with these young pitchers it's very unpredictable
1: yeah one one other guy i uh, kind of in this area that i don't i don't think we kind of mentioned was uh jeremy Peña for yeah i was about to bring him up yeah for yeah. houston and like it it's interesting like there's guys who just I mean, I don't think either one of us had him in our top 300, 400, you know, preseason. And it's with the Carlos Correa uh, trade, it's almost just like, I don't know, maybe it was just kind of forgotten about, well, who's going to be the shortstop in Houston? And so uh, he's an an interesting guy. If you're, you know, I mean, there's the thing about shortstop is there's tons of good shortstops. So people probably aren't really strapped uh, to add a shortstop. But, I mean, depending on your league size and stuff, he might be an interesting guy to add.
0: I really like him, actually. I think more more than you just even said there. I I, I mean, I think when we did our shortstop preview, I, um, I could be wrong, but I'm not sure that Correa had even signed yet. Um, oh, maybe, maybe You're he had right. by then. Maybe he had. I don't know. But I, I think part of why he flew so far under the radar this this spring was because there was sort of an assumption that Correa was going to re-sign with the Astros. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that was kind of a longstanding sort of <laughs> assumption because that you know, they didn't go out and get somebody else like a Trevor story or someone like that. And people were like, it's the Astros. They're going to have some big name yeah. there. You know, um, I don't think people really gave enough, uh, attention to Pena, uh, because he's, he's not exactly a super high prospect, but, um, but you look at the minor league numbers and they're pretty intriguing. I mean, last year in triple a 10 homers and five steals in only 30 games. Yeah. Um, with a 287 average as well he uh he did steal 20 bases in 2019 uh so the speed is potential is definitely there um i feel like this is a guy that could easily get to double digit power home runs and steals and potentially be like a 2010 kind of a guy with maybe even more than that Mm -hmm. um and the batting average we'll see i mean it might not be that great but he he uh he showed some batting average ability in the minors so um that remains to be seen I mean he he um we'll have to see how much he strikes out and all that but <laughs> yeah uh but I yeah I mean I really like him and just being in Houston too that's going to inflate your numbers and he's really locked into an everyday role which we can't say for a lot of these other young guys so I would absolutely pick him up to me he's right there with like Andrew Vaughn as like these like young guys that are pretty high priority to add
1: yeah and and another guy another shortstop you have you talked about him a lot in the beginning was O'Neal Cruz and of course he's he's been sent down to the minors but you have to think that he'll he'll come up, you know, here in May or so. So, would you add Peña over Cruz? I guess right now, I'm guessing you would.
0: It it really depends on your on your format, you know. I know that's kind of a hedge, but like if you play in a Roto categories league um and it's like you're basically have a starting shortstop already and you don't need jeremy pena yeah <laughs> then i would rather stash O'Neill cruz because i think the upside is higher that's fair with O'Neill cruz yeah. but uh if you play especially in a deeper league um or like it's a uh, you know maybe a points league or something where the speed isn't quite as important um and you and any league where you need a shortstop to start for you right now then i think pena is a great add so to me it really just comes down to to what you need there but um but yeah, I mean, if if I didn't have like a top ten shortstop, I'd probably want both of these guys in my roster. You know, Yeah. <laughs> it's like play Pena now and stash Cruz, and you're pretty guaranteed to get great shortstop production um, from one of the two guys.
1: Well, before we get into some of your deeper guys, let me just mention the I was looking at you know Yahoo, the most added, and third on the list is Daniel Bard for the Rockies, which mm-hmm. is just. Interesting to me because, like, I don't have a whole lot of interest in adding a Rockies closer. We've talked about that before. He got a save and had three strikeouts um, against the Dodgers <laughs> just a couple days ago. So that was very impressive. But then he he got a blown save, giving up a, a home run the other night and ended up getting the win. Um, but anyway, uh, or that was that a I guess that was that might have been earlier, just earlier today. But anyway, with Bard, I... I don't really have much interest in adding a Rockies closer to be honest.
0: Yeah. Although I actually would probably rather roster Bard now that he's their closer than Alex Colomay when it looked like he was going to be the closer. Um, just cause Bard at least does have that swing and miss stuff, which I think you need uh, in Colorado. You know, you can't <laughs> right. let the, you can't let the ball get put in play a lot in Coors field or it's going to come back to bite you. Um, and the thing about Bard, I mean, he was actually not bad last season um, up until about August when he imploded. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, before that, he basically was like a four ERA pitcher um, and, and did rack up some saves, you know. So uh, saves are really hard to come by these days, and it does <laughs> seem like he's pretty clearly their guy at this point. So, like, I, I did put in a small bid for him in, in one of my leagues. I, I lost out on it and i didn't i wasn't exactly crying in my pillow about it (laughs) um but yeah i mean if you need saves i he is uh there's more clarity with him having the role than there is with some of these other closers that we've been talking about yeah
1: and i will say it is his third season in colorado so you know i think it probably takes some guys some getting used to also um just how to pitch and how to really control the ball um so maybe yeah maybe like you said if you need saves, sure but like for me um, in a 10-12 team league where maybe I don't need saves or I'm not crazy about it, I don't know. It scares me.
0: <laughs> yeah. And while we're talking about closers, closing situations, there are a couple other ones uh, yeah. that are interesting to discuss. Um, first off, the Red Sox. Uh, so Matt Barnes has kind of not been healthy this uh, to start the season, mm-hmm. um, and he was unavailable uh, because of back issues uh, the last few days. And Jake Diekman actually ended up picking up the save uh last night, uh mm-hmm. as opposed to uh a Hansel Robles or Garrett Whitlock or anyone like that. So yep. Diekman is a popular ad now for that reason. Um and I actually kinda like the skill set with Diekman. Um I feel like he's a, a decent pitcher. <laughs> um so that's intriguing. I mean he he misses a lot of bats. Uh, he does walk a lot of guys, too, though. So in that sense, he's actually a lot like Matt Barnes. <laughs> uh, they, they they really remind me of each other. So it's it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I still think uh, Alex Cora, at the end of the day, wants Matt Barnes to take this job back. But um, he, you know, uh, Barnes, even before the back issues, like his velocity was down the spring um, and Cora said that they weren't going to have a set closer to begin the year. So Barnes has some work to do if he wants to uh, retake this job that he had last year for most of the season. Um, So Deakman is an intriguing uh, pickup for that reason, I I suppose.
1: Yeah. Uh, If I were to, you know, kind of quickly, you know, rank some of the guys we talked about, I might miss someone, but I would probably go Bender with my first. And then probably, I know Robertson was a little bit ahead, but I would probably go Bender, Robertson, and then I'd, and then I'd probably go, um, I'd probably go Deakman now that you mentioned, and you know, he has the opportunity if, if Barnes isn't healthy, I'd probably go Deakman, then Art Warren, and then I'd probably go Bard to be honest. Um, and then maybe Santeen or someone that's probably the order I'd go in, but I I'd probably like Bender the most of the guys we talked about.
0: Yeah, I do too. And I, that's why I let off with him in the article as well. Among the closers I mentioned, I, I, I kind of like the idea of stashing both of the Cincinnati guys though. Cause like I said, they're both good pitchers. Mm-hmm. So that's the thing for me. It's like, um, you know, what is it they say in medicine? First rule of medicine, do no harm. I feel like that's true for relievers too. <laughs> yeah. First thing, first rule is do no harm. Then if you can also get saves, that's great. But <laughs> I don't like rostering guys that are going to like blow up my ratios. And I don't think those Cincinnati guys are going to do that. Um, one guy who might do that though, who we haven't mentioned yet, uh, is Rainey for the Nationals, who Tanner Rainey, he mm-hmm. also uh, picked up a save. <laughs> and this is a situation that's kind of up in the air, but um, it did sound like the Nationals wanted Rainey to be their closer in the spring. Mm-hmm. Uh, it He just wasn't really pitching <laughs> well enough to justify it, but they went to him anyway, and he got the job done. So I kind of feel like he is in the driver's seat right there over kyle Finnegan and uh anyone else in that bullpen uh for the ninth inning so uh but again this is a guy that you know had a 7.11 walk per nine last season so (laughs) it's a little scary his era was over seven also (laughs) but he can definitely miss a lot of bats it's just how many walks and home runs is he gonna give up that's that's the question yeah
1: and it looked like you said it looks like he has the role i'm just looking at how the nats have started off here and they actually have the lead in atlanta Uh, Tonight, so but he's pitched on back-to-back days, so I wouldn't expect him to get, you know, the call again. So even if someone else happens to get a a save against the Braves, um, I wouldn't maybe look too much into it necessarily. It does look like Rainey Mm -hmm. has that job.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, So then some other names on my list. We can move back to hitters, I guess. Um, So there's uh, Harrison Bader is a guy that I I think we talked about him on our last show, and I he's just a guy that I think is. A little bit underappreciated, especially in roto and categories leagues. Mm-hmm. Uh, 16 homers and nine steals and just 103 games last season, with a 267 batting average, which is pretty decent as well. So, um, you know, he's one of those guys. It's it's almost like sort of like Andrew Benintendi or something, where they just kind of quietly give you five category production, <laughs> but they don't really excel in any of the categories. Yeah. Um, Jake Cronenworth you know those kind of guys like I feel like Bader might be sort of like that but maybe he could even be a little better than that you know like I I feel like I've kind of given up on Ben Intendi uh having like a full breakout but like Bader I don't know he's never played more than 138 games so if he got to like 150 in a season maybe he gets to you know 20 25 home runs and 10 15 steals and that that would be pretty interesting
1: yeah i like that i like that cardinal outfield you know i dylan carlson was one of my kind of bold predictions to have a breakout year i think i said top 20 outfielder and what's interesting about like tyler o'neill and carlson and bader they all are almost like you look at their numbers they're almost kind of like a a tier below one another but they're all they all have that kind of similar line you know uh stat line with the with the ability to steal some bases as well so, yeah, I like I like Bader. Um, you had him at 25% rostered. I was trying to see where he was by now, but I'm sure he's still right in that, that same area. So he's available in a lot of leagues.
0: Yep, yep. Uh, then another name that's been generating some buzz um, because he just got called up with the Giants is uh, Helio Ramos, 22-year-old outfielder. Um, he is considered the number five prospect in the Giants farm system. Uh, Just outside of the top 100 overall prospects, according to Fangraphs. This is a guy that had a kind of interesting blend of power and speed. Uh, 14 homers and 15 steals in 116 games between AA and AAA last season. Um, Got off to a decent start in AAA this year with a home run, four RBIs in his first four games, and got a quick call-up. So... Uh, And then came out and uh, went two for three uh, in his first major league game. So uh, we'll have to see. But the Giants are a team that you never bet against, you know. Um, (laughs) So And it is intriguing that he kind of has the power and the speed uh, potential. Um, He didn't hit for particularly high batting averages in the minors. So that's the one concern, I guess. But um, he's another... One of these kind of stash and, and see kind of prospects. I feel like. Yeah,
1: I'm going to add him to my watch list right now because I'm looking. He's at, he's at eight percent rostered, so he's we're we're digging deep on a guy like him. But it, yeah, I mean, if he's a like with the pro, with the prospect pedigree like you're talking about, at least add him to your watch list or add him to your bench if you have the space for it.
0: Yep. Uh, and then one other guy I'm I'm pretty excited about to be honest, for considering he's only rostered in fifteen percent of Yahoo Leagues and it was 10% when I wrote the article Connor Joe oh yeah with the Rockies he I mean how many season. times do we see the Rockies turn these players into something you know <laughs> I mean and he's off to a pretty nice start uh he has a home run and a steal so far this season and now he's suddenly batting uh lead off actually he just hit his second home run today yeah it's uh yeah he's batting lead off the last two games uh, for Colorado too <laughs> and they have one more game in Texas and then they're home again for, I think eight games in a row, Mm. (laughs) seven games in a row, maybe. Uh, so at the very least while they're in Colorado, I would be happy to put him in my lineup and kind of see where it goes. I mean, this guy was a, a guy that took a long time to get to the major leagues. Uh, he's 29 years old now. Um, but he got there and he's got a great opportunity. And, this is just a team that we've seen turn guys like C.J. Krohn. I mean, look at C.J. Krohn, right? I mean, he was a guy who had a very nondescript career until he got to Colorado, and then suddenly was a very interesting fantasy player. So um, we've just seen that with a lot of different players over the years, and I feel like Connor Joe could be the latest example.
1: Yeah, I was just trying to look up. It looks like he's, you know, just the fact that he's played in all four games is good. Like, you know, he's not platooning. And i'm I'm just trying to figure out, like, is Sam Hilliard hurt? Like he's a lefty, but maybe not. I mean, they've faced you know, they faced righties in their in their first four games. So I think just the fact that he's playing. And like you said, I mean, if he's in a if you're in a weekly league or something, hopefully you can you could have got him in there for the upcoming games at Course field,
0: <clears throat> yeah. And usually when you bat a guy leadoff, that's a sign that you're not planning to ha- <laughs> keep him out of the lineup too often, right? That right. shows some confidence, I think. Uh, you know, he had 285, eight homers, 35 RBIs, in only 63 games with the Rockies last season. So, you know, quick pull out the calculator, do some quick math there. I mean, that's easily looking at a guy who could hit 20 to 25 homers with a good batting average and a lot of RBIs. Um, and the fact that he already has that steal this season too is, is intriguing. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I feel like he's a player whose roster percentage should be at least – 20 or 30 percent higher than it is and maybe even more than that
1: yeah you've sold me I'm, I'm, gonna have to, I'm gonna have to look at my my league after we get get off here and see because he's available in my league so before we post this podcast i might go ahead and j- get pick him up <laughs> <laughs> yep yep yep
0: uh and you know i gotta mention my boy andres jimenez i mean like <laughs> I, he was one of my bold predictions that's right yeah <laughs> we'll see if he gets there or not but i just i just love the skill set and i just want to see see what happens i mean he's off to a relatively slow start he's uh what is he two for two for nine so far (laughs) it's not nothing special no 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 uh category juice to this point but he's got that in him i mean he's got a 15 homer 30 stolen base potential in him if he if he can just uh get put it all together this season so he's another one of these he's 23 years old Second base and shortstop eligible. Just another one of these young guys that I love having stashed on my bench. And I do, in fact, have him stashed on my bench. <laughs>
1: yeah, we were talking about Quan at the, at the top as one of the most added. And he's been batting second. And I think the thought was Jimenez might kind of bat up there a bit. And he's been batting eighth or ninth. So, again, it's a long season. Jimenez might find his way up there uh, before before long.
0: Yeah, although Quan, <laughs> Quan isn't doing anything to justify moving down <laughs> right <any> tenths. <time>
1: <laughs> Quan, Quan's got to cool off a little bit. But, yeah.
0: <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, So then let's see, other names to discuss. I mean, Chris Stratton is half of the closer duo with David Bednar in Pittsburgh. And, um, you know, Stratton is not going to give you amazing ratios, but they won't, he's not really going to completely blow up on you either. And so, uh, you know, so many teams nowadays have committees that include three or four or even five relievers. So the fact that in Pittsburgh, it's just a two man show. Uh, I think adds to the desirability of rostering him. Yep.
1: We have talked about a lot of closers, but these are the guys you gotta you gotta jump on. I think early.
0: Yep, yep. Um, And then let's see who else who else would I talk about here? Uh, You know, Rich Hill is a guy I'll never quit. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, he's forty two years old. Went to the University of Michigan uh from Massachusetts just uh he's like me he's like my alter ego I mean we're both pitchers too I mean I I was a junk baller just like Rich Hill although I'm not left-handed but uh I just feel like he's he's my alter ego and I will always stand up for Rich Hill um you know it's like people fade him because he's gonna get hurt and it's like fine he's gonna get hurt he's not hurt right now (laughs) you know he's he's always been good on a per start basis I you know he always has a sub 4 ERA and uh, good strikeouts, um, so yeah, I, I think he can be useful uh, in on a short-term basis. You just don't want to get too attached.
1: Yeah, man. When I when I grew up playing baseball into high school and stuff, I I pitched as well, um, and I played first base. And I always wanted to be left-handed. I was like, I was so I just you know playing first, you could you get that tag, and then just being a lefty and being able to do the pickoff move, and just being different because you don't face as many lefties, you know, coming up playing like high school ball. Man, I was I was always jealous whenever I'd see a lefty up on the mound. Like I wanted I wanted <laughs> to be I wanted to be a lefty. Um, I know,
0: I know. That's an
1: e- easier path uh in yeah. in life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, um one thing I was going to mention, unless you want to get into anybody else, I was going to mention some people maybe who are like the most dropped on Yahoo and just kind of Yeah, the-
0: I'll just mention one more guy. I promise this is the last oh, yeah, one sure. Elias Diaz, catcher for the Rockies. If you're looking for mm-hmm. a catcher and Alejandro Kirk's not available, uh Diaz is off to a very nice start, and like we said, they're they're gonna be home a lot coming up yeah. so get him in your lineup for that home stand.
1: no that's a good one i remember talking about him in our catcher podcast and i remember having him pretty high and uh, then looked again more at the home road splits and it was kind of like oh, well <laughs> he'll probably end up as a top 15 catcher but it'll be because of the home game so exactly what you said he's at home play him
0: yep exactly all right so why don't you run through some of the top drops and we can talk about yeah. whether they're guys that we can uh sign off on dropping <laughs> or not
1: <laughs> sure I mean, so yeah, I'm just sorting on Yahoo most dropped, and you know, at the top, Miles Mikolas, sure, I, I would have no problem dropping him personally. Uh, Robert Suarez, who I mentioned, uh, you know, I'd have a hard time since I, he was my bold prediction guy. But I mean, just that rough start and the fact they got Taylor Rogers, I would drop him as well. But then mm-hmm. Joe Adele, Drew Drew Rasmussen, Tony Gonzalez, I wouldn't drop any of those guys personally. I mean, like, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't give up just yet um joe adele he's batting fifth you know t- uh i think was that today i'm just looking he he batted fifth he's bat he's batted he's batting seventh tonight but still like i don't know i'm not ready to give up on him even though he hasn't gotten a hit yet
0: <laughs> um, you know i'm not either just bench I mean, him I mean, there's just you know? too much there's just too much upside get it's it's a vi- we're dealing with incredibly small sample sizes. Most yep. of these guys don't even have ten at bats yet this season. So yeah, bench them, but don't drop them. So the pump the brakes on that one. <laughs> yep. and I, I think you, I, I'm pretty sure you like uh, Rasmussen. Uh, if I, I do a little bit. So
1: you know he he had you know he only threw four innings against the Orioles, and so he he didn't get he didn't factor into the decision. But and that was I mean I guess maybe that was one of the things when we talked about him. I was saying well how many innings will he actually throw? And because the Rays kind of do all sorts of funky stuff with innings but you know it wasn't like he was an opener or anything he just I don't know maybe it was the pitch count you know being early on I think the Rays are going to do that a lot with their pitchers here in the first month they're not going to let them go deep in the game so I would hold yeah on I mean to Kluber
0: didn't Kluber didn't make it five innings either yeah. I'm I'm kind of expecting these guys can get to five innings uh in their next start yep um and That's all you need. Five innings makes you eligible for that win. So uh, his next start, Rasmussen, is at home against Oakland. So I would definitely pick him up if he's available. I have a claim in for him right now. I I actually streamed him against Baltimore, then dropped him for Kluber, who I also used against Baltimore. (laughs) And now I'm trying to drop Kluber back for Rasmussen because he gets Oakland. (laughs) There you go. And, yeah, Gonsolin,
1: you know, I mentioned I like him when we talked uh, starting pitchers just as kind of a – a deep sleeper, but he, you know, he plays the he plays against the Reds at home in his next start. So I'm not
0: too afraid. Well, he only of pitched lineup. three innings he in did. that last game. So that's a little bit concerning, I feel like. Yeah. He had, he threw, I'm, yeah, he threw 62 pitches, 42 strikes.
1: Um, let's see. I'm trying to see his walks, but yeah, he, yeah, I mean, it, maybe
0: only maybe, one walk. Yeah, yeah.
1: Maybe just, maybe you just, uh, sit him. I would probably, well, I wouldn't drop him if you want to bend these guys again, Adele. Rasmussen gonsolin If you want to like maybe sit him for a start, do that, but I just wouldn't rush to drop him.
0: Yeah, I i don't have a problem uh holding on to him. I like the skill set with gonsolin Uh and that game was at Colorado, so yeah. You can't you can't totally bail on a guy just because he has a tough time in Colorado. I mean, that you'd be cutting ninety percent of pitchers if that was the case. <laughs> yep, guys struggle so, there. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't mind holding on to him being a little patient. Uh what about Ian Anderson? I mean, he's getting dropped a lot too. He got completely obliterated by the Reds oh. uh, yesterday. Yeah, but I, I wouldn't. I still like him. Yeah, I I, mean, I, him. I think that's too reactionary to, to drop him.
1: Absolutely, I agree with you. I would not drop Ian Anderson. Yeah, yeah. And people are giving up early. I mean, this and this might just be some shallow league stuff too. But you know, it's hard to say who's dropping who. But people are dropping Torkelson. People are dropping Karoloff. Like, nah. I mean, I think in most like serious leagues, obviously, I don't think, I don't think these guys are getting dropped. Not after just a handful of games.
0: No, no. One guy I, I would be okay dropping is Jonathan VR. Uh, he sat the first two games. He did play in the third game, but uh, it does look like he's not close to a full time player right now. And, yep. Uh, I do think he's the kind of player that one if he if he starts playing every day, he should be added because in uh, at least in roto categories leagues because of that power speed combo but um he's not a player you necessarily need to hold when he's a part-time guy yep
1: agreed i don't know how many any kind of guys you want to go through here but i think in general like pump the brakes like you said (laughs) on some of the young guys and, and even some of these pitchers who have one bad start whether it's in colorado or otherwise maybe just if you're don't feel comfortable starting them then just bench them um i wouldn't i wouldn't necessarily rush to drop a guy like ian anderson no way
0: not for me No, I mean, that's just – he threw two and two-thirds innings. It's just – like, this guy was a mid-round pick in drafts for a reason. I mean, he's got a good pedigree. He's in a good situation. Um, I need to see him struggle for a lot more than one start before I pull the plug. Yep. Well,
1: I mean – what else, any, you want to go through anything? Well, any more I want guns? to hear what
0: you have to say about Hyunjin Ryu. Oh gosh. He, he's one of the most dropped pitchers, <laughs> and I know you were really big on Ryu coming into the season. So what do you have to say about, about that? I mean, Andrew,
1: is this how podcasting works? You you throw out some bold predictions and then they just start going down in flames immediately? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He he got roughed up. Um yeah, I think that I think that's a guy too, like personally. Yeah, I liked him coming in. I like the whole staff, uh, you know, there. And I, I said that he would he would potentially finish as the best of the group. So not off to a good start there. But um, yeah, I I don't know. He's playing Oakland in his next. Start. I was gonna
0: say I have some good news for you. <laughs> yeah, I think
1: I would just fire him right back up. But I don't know. Again, this is like if you're in daily leagues, if you're set, or if you're, even if you're set in a weekly lineup, um, if you're you know if you have some trepidation there and want to bench him. All good there. Um, I think I'll probably give him another chance. And definitely, I'm not dropping him yet.
0: I would tell you that if you're not willing to pitch him against Oakland, you might as well drop him. <laughs> but don't drop him. Yeah, you Just go. pitch him against Oakland. I, I, I expect a strong bounce back. I mean, that is, I think Oakland is going to be far and away the best matchup for any opposing pitcher all season. Um, that's just, that, that lineup is severely lacking at this point. And it's only going to get worse, probably. <laughs> so. <laughs> it's yep, not gonna yep, get better yep. <laughs> exactly yep uh cool well i think i think we covered a lot of ground here yeah in this episode uh we will be back later in the week on thursday night we're going to record another pod talking about our movers and shakers we'll have a new set of rest of season rankings up at ROSRankings.com on thursday uh and you can follow me on twitter at andrew underscore sifter And you can follow me on Twitter at Barton Wheeler. We appreciate everyone listening to the podcast.
1: If you like the show, please follow, subscribe, rate, and review. We are out of here.
0: We gone. You've been listening to the Rest of Season Rankings Podcast. Go to www.rosrankings.com for more.